I know what some of y'all are thinking. What the fuck, Serge? I know, I know. It's been a while since the last podcast. I do apologize. Just how to handle business, you know, life. We all have our lives and we got jobs we got to provide and, and all that good stuff. But it's good to be back, folks. And welcome once again to Serge himself. And I am your host, Serge. And let's get this show rolling, folks, because a lot's happened within the last three weeks that I was gone. Well, I never was really gone. I just never really put a podcast out again, which isn't going to be much of a problem because I am going to keep on keeping on with this podcast because, as I said before, this is something I've been wanting to do, and I'm really glad I'm finally doing it. So I'm going to keep this ball rolling. But let's get into it here really quick, folks. And before I continue, let me just say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Because I know we're out there listening at different times. And it just uh, that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. You know, some of us work different hours. Or some of us probably don't work. We're going to school or, or whatnot, whatever the case may be. Some of you might be retired. I don't know. Some of you might be just starting out. But anywho, let's get into it real quick, folks. It is sad for me to say this, but the football season has came and went. And what a roller coaster it really was. A lot of good games that led them to the Super Bowl. Those Chiefs did what they do best. I think their bread and butter is those uh, come from behind wins. You know, with those unanswered points in the second half. You know, just when you think they're done, they're not. They're, they're coming back. But that's that's what that's what makes for good football, though. So it was worth it. I think the Super Bowl was entertaining. Not just because of the halftime show either, okay? I know some folks out there backlashing on it so much, hating on it. But most of us are enjoying it because it's like a slap in a lot of people's faces. But anywho. But you know what? You have to hand it out and hand. Uh, you got to give some respect to the 49ers because, I mean, their record last year was, what, 4-12 four and, four and 12 or something like that? I think they only had a few games that they had won. And they completely turned it around this year with going 13-3. and three. That's impressive. That's really impressive for a team to do that good. It's it's just a whole nother – it's like a whole nother um, – it's like they, ju- they just took the bad juju out of themselves and just threw it out. And then they got it back on the ball, and they were one of the last teams to remain undefeated. But it just wasn't good enough. You know, they shot themselves in the foot in the second half of the Super Bowl and – those Chiefs just came back hard like they always do. And, well, history was made once again. Um, but you know what, folks? There's a lot of other things that are going to keep us busy. We have a long wait for the next football season, which is okay. We got baseball. It's about to kick off. Or, sorry, not kick off. It's about to get underway here and probably won't be into full swing for another couple of weeks. But starting to see some baseball action. And then basketball, well, basketballs are getting crazy because, uh, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of games in basketball, but, you know, a lot of teams you'd expect to be on top right now are on top. And surprisingly, for some odd reason, the Golden State Warriors, well, they haven't had a good year this year because they're way at the bottom, folks. They're in last place. And that's really not good because they're right above the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. The Golden State Warriors are sitting at 12 and 41, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are sitting at 13 and 39. So yeah, 
bad day to be any of those fans. And you know what? The Milwaukee Bucks are on top right now. They're, they're always showing strong. And in the Western Conference, you got the Los Angeles Lakers dominating over there. And, you know, your heart goes out to them and the family that lost two wonderful individuals and along with all the other family members and, and members of that um, that community, that group, you know, that, that unfortunate event that took off with the, well, not took off, but, you know, the helicopter crash and all that, you know, it's really sad news. But the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, they're, they're staying up there. And my Rockets, in case y'all didn't know, I'm a Rockets fan and I'm happy, not content, but I'm happy with... Um, um, with the Houston Rockets sitting at five, and I mean, sorry, sitting, <laughs> sitting in fifth place, doing pretty good there. They're 33 and 19 right now. They just beat the Lakers on Thursday, and that was a good game to watch. In case you missed it, it was a pretty good game to watch. If you can go back and see the highlights, you'll you'll be impressed from both sides too, not just one side. But let's continue, folks. Uh, yeah, that's 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 gonna give us. It's gonna keep us sane. To the football season gets here because if you're like me, you know, I do en- I do enjoy the popular sports that we all love, you know, like basketball, baseball, football. I do like NASCAR too. NASCAR is going to take off here in a few days. I think it takes off next Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, or Friday. No, it's actually Saturday. It's Saturday. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to get that underway once again. I mean, I'm not so into NASCAR. I'm not a NASCAR guru, but I know enough to hold up a good conversation with someone who's into it or in general once in a while you run into somebody who's familiar with the sport and familiar with uh well it's a motorsport but they're familiar with it it's always good to have someone you can converse with about that but yeah folks hang in there and i love football but we gotta wait i know the xfl just took off i just really haven't had a chance to look into it saw a few highlights was impressed you know it's fun to see football for another few days it's not i mean for another few weeks it's not the nfl but hey it's football and if you're like me you enjoy watching a good football game no matter what teams are playing or where they're from or whatever the case may be but yeah folks let's just all hang in there i know the football hangover is still around but it was good it was a good season a little bit of a of a mix up there not the same old teams we see in there and we're tired of seeing it was actually some pretty good teams that we can all agree are pretty good and solid, and they gave us all a good show. For some of us, they gave us a run for our money, literally. I know some folks gained and lost a couple dollars here and there. But it was all good. It was all good to pass the time. I know I enjoy football season because even though me and my cousins and, and my brother and sister are close, uh, you know, we really get together more. Well... Usually it's it's more around football season because uh, Sundays we go to one of my cousin's houses and we chill and whatever the occasion is or whatever comes up when it comes to food because we're big foodies. Either we'll turn the grill on or we'll smoke some meat or something, some chicken or sometimes order out. You know, we all pitch in. You know how it is, folks, kicking it with the family and the friends. And that's what I saw the, the Super Bowl with. I got to kick it with my family. I know my, my dad had another little thing going on in his house, but um, I think uh, this year, since it was kind of a late notice, we decided to go to my aunt and uncle's house, and it was pretty good, you know? Small, intimate gathering with some true 49er fans. My heart goes out to y'all. You got teased. Trust me, I was there not so long ago when 
when the Seahawks fucking just hammered the fucking Broncos. They fucking nailed them. But hey, we went on to win a season and a half later. Or actually not a season and a half, correction. We missed one season, and then we came back to win it at Super Bowl 50. And, well, that was great. But that's history now, and you got to look forward to the future. Which, it's look it, it's looking to get interesting over there because Denver's doing a lot of good things as far as management. You know, John always gets a lot of criticism, but he does pretty good. And we got a new offensive coordinator, so we'll see how that goes. But I like what Vic Fangio's done. He changed the team. The team's attitude changed towards the end. And even though we knew we had pretty much sealed our own fate with a poor performance at the beginning, you know what? It was it was great. It was great to watch, and I enjoyed it as a true fan. So my hopes are up for next year. Maybe not a Super Bowl. And if they get it, then I'm going to look like an ass because I, I, I kind of doubted them. But no. If they get into it, awesome. But I am expecting some some playoff action at least. You know, why not? So moving forward, folks. I know I had mentioned earlier that, you know, we all heard the unfortunate news about Kobe Bryant and his daughter and then those other individuals that were on the helicopter that unfortunately didn't make it out alive. And the other thing I wanna I wanna talk about that well the other thing I wanna talk about really is how just people want to go around and they want to dig up stuff. They want to shame this man and, and he's already gone. He's he's resting in paradise, or some of us say. And here are some individuals that come along that just want to taint it. The families and, and the people that, that feel they were inspired. You know, the people that love this man and his family, they're hurting already. You know it's something that's that's going on today and it's it's what I always refer to as outrage culture. You know, I didn't make that term up, but it's it's something it's real. It's happening. It's it's outrage culture. And then there's cancel culture. And then you have now this woke culture that's really toxic in my eyes. I know I don't I ain't the only one that feels that way. But back on the Kobe thing there's people that are starting to bring things to the light that we all knew about, but we all just decided to look away because it obviously got handled. It is what it is. I'm not saying it's right, you know, for the victims of these horrible things that some men do and some women do because it's not just men, it's women too sometimes. You hear it's very rare, really rare, but it does happen. You know, women abuse men too. But whatever the case may be, I don't know the details. But whatever Kobe did when he did it, it happened, folks. This man's already, you know, he's gone. You know, why why taint it more? Why why shame it? You know, this man was great. You didn't have to be a Laker fan to appreciate and watch this man play. He was talented. Yeah, you know I me. Mean? I like to talk shit once in a while. But it's just to talk shit. You know, because Kobe, you know, it's just one of those things where you just want to talk shit. Just to talk shit. To be funny. To pass the time. Because life's too serious sometimes. And it's too short sometimes. So just enjoy it. But it was great to see that man play. It was. So much talent. He was that type of player. And I think he would always say something like, you know, you work hard, but I work harder. You know, you go hard. I heard in a podcast where I forgot which player it was, but they were about to play each other. And he said he had saw him at the gym. Full-blown working out. Kobe Bryant was not... 
having this workout to just keep him, you know, uh, limber and all that. No, no, no. Th he says this man was working out before a game. Full-on weights and shit. And he even told him, you know, you getting ready for tonight too? He's like, yeah, well, I'm going to be better tonight. Because he was really competitive. And sometimes it was a little annoying, but it was always for a good basketball game. I'm not a big basketball freak. You know, I don't like I don't like to follow it like a lot of people out there do, and that's cool because everybody's into what they're into. But it's fun to watch these basketball games sometimes, especially towards May, June, May and June, because that's when the finals happen, and that's when it gets more interesting. It's like it's like the, it's like a, it's like the MLB when it gets towards the end, and you get that hunt for October. I mean, postseason baseball is fucking it's great, and even the weeks leading up postseason because all the teams got to turn it on same thing with the ml i mean with the nba it gets interesting the more it goes because there's a lot of games in both baseball and the nba we know that but hey it's fun to watch and and, and it, it helps you pass the time and sometimes it brings you together you want to go watch the game with one of your buddies or something or your cousins like i do or your family so it's good you know it brings us all together we enjoy watching these competitive sports together and that's what matters, folks. I don't know why y'all want to go and and bring up shit from the past, and especially when people have perished. Like, come on. Give these people a break, folks. I mean, there's there's enough suffering going on, and who knows how long it'll take for them to recover. I don't think people ever recover. I think we just grow out and and, and move on in our own ways. So, and that's, that's one thing that I want to bring to the light moving on from that this this outrage these cultures that are just i mean they're assembled by just who i think are really people that are weak weak-minded people that just can't be open-minded be a little more um a little more just open literally open about it to to listen open to speak open to be a little more open to whatever ideology we all have because, folks, this is, we're all on earth together. No matter what side of the earth you're on, if this thing goes to shit, we're all going to go down. And it don't matter who or what you are or what you believe in. You know, it's all about just togetherness, folks. I mean, I don't want to sound too hippie, but we really got to just, you know, be peaceful with each other. More understanding. And it's hard when you get these so-called activists who who refer themselves refer to themselves as the woke culture and and this uh this cancel culture and this outrage culture you, you we can't do anything now i know some of you feel well maybe that we can't do anything but i know sometimes and even i feel like this sometimes heck even when i started this podcast i told myself and you know, i'm probably gonna poke at someone and, and push somebody's buttons unintentionally because I'm just expressing myself like I, since I do have the right to it. And of course, there's certain things that I can't do or say or express because they are sometimes illegal and someone could come after you. But for the most part, I'm just being open, folks. I don't hate anybody. But I feel, and I know some of you feel this way, that we have to be walking on eggshells every single day. Because with all these cultures I just named, we can't do anything. We can't even be what we what we think is normal. We can't even do that anymore. You know, you see the drama now with this non-binary or I'm not a him or her. 
They want to refer to themselves as whatever they want to. And you know what? A lot of us, we're cool with it. We're fine. It's just you cross a boundary when you're forcing us to. It's like if we don't if we don't acknowledge it in a simple conversation, you lose it. And I don't mean you that are listening. I mean, whoever's listening to this, I'm just, you know, going with it. But if you don't acknowledge these individuals, they lose their shit. And we can't say, oh, uh, we're going to have a baby girl and she's going to have this and that. And people are like, oh, how do you know it's a her? It hasn't happened to me. You know, but aside from the obvious, oh, you know, we went and we found out. But they're like, no, 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 but how do you know if the child wants to be a male or female or non? And I'm like, you know, it, it, when I hear these conversations, I, I think I, I tell these people that have told me or you hear about it. I was actually talking to talking about it with somebody at Wing Daddy's a few uh, a few Fridays ago when I went there for lunch. And he was feeling the same way that if somebody would have heard our conversation, they probably would have piped in when they didn't hear something that they didn't like. And they would have already gotten offended or told us to change the subject or complain to the manager. Because like I said, we all feel like we have to walk on eggshells. You know, I, I sometimes feel like people just want attention. And they do these things. They go with these movements just for attention, just for popularity. And with this outrage culture where I said, and I've talked about it before, People like to go digging for it. Someone hits the charts, they're making it, selling records or whatever. But somebody that doesn't like them or doesn't agree with them goes and digs through Twitter and Facebook. And they pull up all these posts or comments from ages ago. Facebook's been around a while. Twitter hasn't. But people are just digging things up. And most people look away because it's it's history now. It's gone. You know, something wasn't done then. Yes, it's not right. But the thing is, people want to bring this up now. And they try to ruin people's careers and reputations. Because this is the way it is now. And it doesn't, and it has nothing to do with politics either. Because, yes, sometimes with politics, it's the same thing. But I promised y'all at the beginning that this wasn't going to be a podcast about any type of political bullshit. And it ain't. So leave that out of the question here. Leave that out of the of the queue or whatever. But even if you disagree with somebody on something simple, automatically you're something with whatever they can put phobia at the end. Something just to... I mean, I'm trying to think of an example. Sometimes you could even... Someone could suggest... You, instead of ordering a pizza with cheese on it, if they want you to order something, they're like, oh, you shouldn't eat cheese. No, it's bad for you. Don't. Don't eat cheese. Go vegan or whatever. And if you don't, if you disagree with them, you're a vegan. What is it? I don't even know what it's called, but the vegan phobia or vegan phobe. And no, it's not like that. It's really not like that. I just want to eat my pizza the way I want to. So what if it's going to, you know, fuck my stomach up for a while? Oh, wow. It was it's fucking good. I mean, you're a fat kid like me. You don't care. You're going to eat whatever you want because that's you. That's what you like. It's my wants, not yours. But as soon as you disagree with them, you're a bigot or you're a racist. You know, now you hate vegans because you didn't take my suggestion. No, 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 no. 
And that's what this outrage that's what this outrage culture is all about. This woke culture. It's annoying, folks, and I know some of you feel the same way. But you know what? Sometimes I do get a kick out of it. I do. Because it's funny. Because we know this in this great world right now on, on social media, we have these wonderful little things called memes. And the fact that some of these memes make some weak asses cry out there, I love it. I've heard people and I've seen, I've read comments or I've seen people post that say, I'm literally in tears right now. I'm crying because people are so fucked up and then they share the meme and you fucking laugh because it's, it's funny. It's fucking hilarious. I'm telling you folks, I get off on shit like that. I'm sorry. People say you shouldn't laugh at other people's misery. Why not? People are left in my misery. I laugh about some of the shit that's happened in my life. Sometimes people bring it up, but you know what? It's funny now because you know what? Nobody got hurt. I didn't kill nobody. I didn't do anything fucking hateful or, or, or anything violent. You know, I've been I've been to county jail. Spent a lot of time of about two months in jail. Not straight, but when you put all the time together that I did, it was about two months total of my life in a fucking slammer. And it's fucking funny now because the shit you see there and the shit you learn, that's for life. And you can't write that shit. You can't. That's just life. That's my life. But no, some people can't see it that way. They get easily offended by everything. Everything now. Everything. If you look around, look at the post. I think some of you even feel the same way when you get on Facebook and you see that there's this headline about how somebody got offended because of something. Or how something got removed out of a Disney movie because someone got offended. Or how something that actually was getting a lot of scrutiny for not depicting or showing it, now they show it and then they get the backlash from other people that don't agree with it. So all these cultures, we need to fight back. We do. And not violently, but with this. With this this ideology that I have where we should be able to speak our minds. And we all should just be adults and agree to disagree. And just converse and live. And I know there's people that I don't really hang out with as much. And when we see each other, we kick the shit. We talk, we catch up. Even people you've talked shit to on Facebook, you see them and you're like, hey, cabrón, good to see you. Why? Because at the end of the day, we're adults and we're going to say some shit once in a while and push each other's buttons. But you know what? We're all we have. From family to friends, some acquaintances we made, some of our coworkers. We're all in this together, folks. We're all in the struggle together, just on different levels. Someone who isn't struggling financially is probably struggling mentally because they're going through something. And vice versa. Maybe someone we thought struggling mentally is just struggling financially and all that shit. But it's different. It's different strokes for different folks. Come on, man. But anyways, whew, it's getting a little warm in here, actually. And I don't think it's because I'm going off on this microphone here, but it's a little warm in here. I think I'm going to turn the fan on to get me a little cool. But anyways, so yes, it's story time with Surge now, because now that I'm going on here with my randomness, I'm just reminded of uh, the times that I did do at County. I don't know if anybody out there has ever been to County here in El Paso, Texas, but you know, folks, I, I did some, I, I had made some, some, I guess the right terminology here was, or is, I made some really 
stupid decisions when I was a little younger, really stupid. And a lot of people tell me, hey, we're all human, we make mistakes. Yes, that is true. But there's just some mistakes you shouldn't make. And I made the mistake of trusting myself when I was about 22. And when you're 22, I guess for my, for me, I felt, I felt as if I was unstoppable, like no one was going to catch me and get away with it. Because I, I used to drink heavily. And that doesn't mean I don't drink now. I mean, I do drink now. I just don't drink as much as I used to. And it really shows. But look, when I was 22, I remember that Friday night when I got busted. I got busted for a DWI. And you know what? It was, it was, and it was like any other Friday at that age where, as I tell you, me and my cousins are pretty close. We would always go places together. We would either go out to eat together, watch a movie together, go out to a bar when we're all of legal drinking age. And well, sometimes it was, it was a contraire, but hey, I think we've all done that some way or another. Is it right? No, it's not, but it's just with the culture. You think about it. Who doesn't remember taking a sip out of their Thiel's beer when they're about seven or eight years old and then you're just there spitting that shit out and then who know? Who knew? Who knew that later on you'd be guzzling that shit down like it was soda? <laughs> but anyways, so it was a typical night and the plan was to go to the OP. For those of you that don't know, that's the old plantation. It was a very popular club and I think they brought it back. I don't know if it's still around. But they brought it back, I think, about a year ago or two years ago. But, yes, we were all there. We had met up. I was one of my cousins and then one of her best friends. May he rest in peace. And we were having a good old time. It was a bunch of her friends, a bunch of our friends, and we were just there having a good old time. But as the night went on, obviously, we were taking in the shots and having beers because... It was a pretty good place to be. I mean, it was, it's, it's, it is a LGBTQ friendly place. And I always had fun there because it was just a whole nother vibe. You know, I'm, I'm, I know what I am. I'm straight and I'm sorry. Yes, folks. If whoever gets offended from me saying I'm straight, well, I'm straight. I am a man who's into women. Okay. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. So moving forth. Um, it's it's great hanging out there. It's a whole other vibe. The music's always great. And hey, the drinks are cheap. So we were there. And it was fun. We were talking about random shit, as always. Somehow, some way, we always end up talking about sex and our, our sex capades and shit. Because we were that open with each other. That's the way me and my cousins are sometimes. Somehow, some way, we can just be hanging out in a family scene, in a family type setting, and somehow the primos just end up talking about slinging dick and fucking whatever, but anywho, as the night went on, I I remembered that I was supposed to go pick up my sister, she was at some rave over here at some place off of Pelicano, and that's where I fucked up, folks, because we were all already pretty much calling it a night. But we wanted to meet up for a little bit more. We used to hang out and either go eat something afterwards or, or you know, do whatever, our shenanigans. And that night the plan was to meet up with my cousins and just hang out for another few hours. Well, as we all left, 
I just decided to get behind the wheel without thinking about it. Because in the moment, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm drunk. Maybe I shouldn't drive. No, I was just enjoying myself, thinking, oh, I'll be all right. And I'll get in the car, and I'll speed off to the east side with my music blasting, thinking I'm pinchy driver of the year. Because you know what, folks? I had it coming. And what happened to me happened because... I wasn't I wasn't reckless at that age. It's just you you don't really see what you're doing until you're behind those bars. But I remember getting in my mom's car cuz the reason I brought the car was because I was supposed to pick up my sister. That was the deal. You can take the car, but you got to pick up your sister. So here I go, folks. I jump onto I10. And I'm fucking slamming the pedal to the metal, thinking I'm cool, smoking a cigarette, swerving in and out of traffic, putting myself and others in danger. And somehow I made it to the east side. I remember, and I remember thinking about that when I was in the back of the cop car, getting my ass hauled off to jail. And I remember getting off at the exit on Litravino, and then I got busted in the parking lot. Because I wasn't doing what I was doing on the highway. No. I was just going a little fast. A little faster than you would be. Or legally supposed to be in a parking lot. And I'm pretty sure it caught the cop that was watching the door in the front's attention. And I'm pretty sure that cop radioed the female cop that busted me in the back. Because I saw a flashlight coming. You know how when you're approaching, when you're driving down the parking lot. And you see somebody approaching from the, from the side of the cars. Well, this officer, she puts her light on me, and I knew it. Everything, I went from having a grand old time, thinking I'm fucking badass, thinking I'm some type of fucking boss in his mama's car or whatever the fuck. It all just dissipated. And I I turned the car off like I was asked to. I put the keys on the roof of the car, and I was told not to move. To keep my hands where I could, you know, keep your hands where I can see them. And I did. Because the thing was, that place was letting out already. So there's people all over the place. And in case you didn't know, when shit like this happens, you don't have just the patrol units out and about, folks. Some of these patrol units, and if you guys are in law enforcement, or you girls are in law enforcement, you can correct me. But I know there's, there's diff- not all of them are trained to be the DWI um, task force. They're like a special traffic unit. So when you get pulled over by a cop and he's not, he or she's not trained for that, someone else comes out and assists them. And that's what happened. We were waiting for that unit to show up to, you know, for backup because they were there more for the crowd control. So I'm there in the car. And I remember just thinking, this is it. You know, I'm going to jail for sure. I know my rights, but I, I reeked of alcohol pretty sure I looked drunk and you know what I was probably high off of some marijuana right there Mm -hmm, yes I would burn I was a burner folks but anywho and I remember sitting there and thinking fuck like this is it and my mom's gonna be fucking pissed I'm not gonna hear the end of it for my uncles because my uncles are like my dad or like my dad for a while you know they show me the ropes on a lot of things and I just remember sitting there thinking, what the fuck am I going to do? You can't do anything. You're going to jail. That's it. So finally I get pulled out of the car and 
I won't get too much into it, but they do. They assess you. They, you know, you can reject it. You can stay silent. But me, I just wanted to get out of there. I just wanted to just get it over with. It was my first time going through this. I didn't even know what the hell was going to happen. And and that was it. You know, I got thrown in the back of the car. They told me, okay, turn around. You're under arrest for driving while intoxicated. My mom's car got impounded. I was supposed to get hauled to downtown. Because that's, that's the way it works. Is You get booked downtown and then you make bail from there. Well, depending on what you did. And I remember going downtown. And we were about getting close to McCray. And uh, the cop got off because I even heard on the radio that they were going to have to turn around because booking was pretty much to capacity downtown. So the officer was going to take me to the annex, but then the annex also said that they were booked. So I had to go to the Pebble Hill station, and that's where they held me. I was there for about three hours, and that's when the hangover started kicking in. Started getting tired. I mean, the cops were treating me good. I mean, it, I know I was a, I was an offender of the law, but they were really still courteous. They would ask me if I was thirsty, if I was feeling okay, but I would tell them the truth. You know, I just had a headache because of the hangover, and they were just like, okay, well, just hang in there. And the officer, he he, he was an older gentleman, and he started calling me mijo because I guess I looked young to him. And I mean, I always get told that I I have this demeanor that I come off as a dick sometimes. I get that all the time. I mean, I can be a dick sometimes, but not always. I'm actually a pretty swell guy. But yeah, he kept asking me if I was thirsty and if I was feeling all right and if I had to puke to let him know, things like that. I mean, I was still shackled and cuffed. But folks, I was basically in a like a closet space with a little bench you can sit on. Or half your ass is still hanging off. The most uncomfortable feeling. But that's what happens. You break the law, the law always wins. Well, depending on the case. But if you break the law, folks get ready to be treated as as such. You're an offender of the law. You get thrown in jail just like anybody else, anybody else that offends the law. So with that little story out of the way, this is where the the, the pointers go in case any of you ever end up in jail. <laughs> I hope you never do but like I said sometimes we don't really take care of ourselves and shit starts to roll off and yeah it spins out of control sometimes and if you don't correct it soon enough then sometimes you're in it to the end and I hate seeing and hearing about folks that I know they're edging towards that and they don't they don't find a balance they don't get it they don't change because there's a lot of bright individuals I know that are behind bars for some of the most absurd things. But that's just the way it is. But anyways, back on the subject. So I've only been to county, folks. So here's a few tips in case you ever end up at county. Okay, aside from the basic stuff, I'm not a lawyer and all that. We know you have the right to remain silent. If you know what you're doing, then do what your little heart desires. But if you see yourself going to county, don't panic, folks. Yes, being in jail is an horrible is it, it is a pretty pretty horrible experience because you're pretty much you're being controlled you're being they're very it, it's it's a mind game they're there to show you that you're nothing you broke the law yes you have certain human rights but no you're in jail you eat when we tell you to you go to sleep when we tell you to 
you wake up when we tell you to. You can only watch and do so certain things when we want to. You know, it's it's not a luxury stay, folks. You're in jail. You broke the law. And even if you didn't, and, and you know you didn't, and you're being accused or whatever, just remain calm. Because from the moment you get there, you're you know you're in. Because you're in this structure made of concrete and steel. You ain't going nowhere. You're surrounded by concrete and steel, steel doors, bulletproof windows, so you feel it. The atmosphere in there literally is different. It's always cold. It's never hot. It's always cold in there. The climate is controlled for a reason. You're in jail now. You're supposed to be uncomfortable. You're supposed to think about what you did. So that's rule number one. Do not panic. Keep your cool, folks. Especially when you know you're going to get out. You know, you, got, you, went in, you went in for something petty. Chill. Don't fucking rush it. Because look, when you're in there and they fingerprint you and they book you, it's a process, folks. You know, if you get brought in by PD like I did, they walk you in. If there's people in there ahead of you, they sit you on the bench. And then they get your information. Then they make you take off your shoelaces, any your belts, anything that you can strangle yourself or strangle somebody with. They take, make you take it off. They make you write, verify your name, your address, and all that. And then you turn over your belongings. If you have jewelry, if you got your wallet, whatever, you got to turn all that stuff over. You're going into the holding cell with nothing. Just your pants, shoes, and a shirt. That's it. And your underwear, of course. All, all the essentials. But that's it. You're not going in there with anything else but that. As soon as you're done booking you and, and asking you your medical question, you know, they ask you if you have, you know, some kind of disease or you have some heart problems or you're taking medications. They get all your, your basic medical. Look, put it this way. You're basically, it, it's like you're, you're, I mean, yeah, they assess you. They want to figure out if there's anything mentally wrong with you because they're not just going to throw you in a holding cell with anybody that they think you should be in there with. Because a holding cell holds about 30 heads, maybe more. Pretty, Some of those are pretty big. But I've seen those to capacity, folks, because I've been in and out of there. So they, they assess you, they ask your medical questions, and then they move you on down the line. They take your mugshot. Then after your mugshot, most of the time, that's when you get your phone call. So be patient, folks. Don't lose your shit. Nobody wants to be in jail. I know. But I've been there a few times, and yeah. You already know the process when you've been in and out like I have. Not proud of it, but hey, it gives you something to talk about, right? So yes, you get your phone call. Now just keep your cool. If you know you're going to get out, they're going to bail you out. Just re I know it's hard to, to relax and when you're in there, but you need to. There's no TV. There's nothing. Just four walls. And if and, you know, obviously, they separate you by sex. If you're female, they put you with females. If you're male, they put you with the males. But anywho, so you're there with the officers that are there, you know, the sheriff. He has uh, the sheriff's posse is in there because that's who runs the jail, the sheriff. So you're in there. Don't be, I've seen people that go and they ask, hey, when am I getting out? Hey, why is it taking so long, boss? Hey, boss, they open the door, not supposed to. And because sometimes they don't lock these doors because they're so in and out with folks. And you're not going to go anywhere. 
but they just open the door and then they'll call somebody who made bail or they call somebody who's catching chain, which means getting sent to the annex. Or they call you to go up already because you, you know, your room's ready, sir. <laughs> so anyways, don't be, just be patient, folks. Because you start making these guys day longer than what it should be, they're going to make your stay a whole lot worse. Because again, you're in jail. And they're going to remind you every time. So don't be a smartass. I would always see dudes that would get all testy and start saying that they know their rights and all this bullshit. And guess what? I would see the jailers get their file and just boop, put it back at the bottom of the pile. All because these guys wouldn't just shut the hell up and sit down like the rest of us. Now, I can't guarantee... You're going to have people that are eh, okay to converse with and stuff. Because a lot of times when people are in there, you got to think about it, folks. Some people went in there drunk. Some of them are still drunk. Some of them are coming down from the drunk. Some of them are coming off of drugs or whatever. Sometimes people get thrown in there that you know we're on the street. They're probably kicking something or, or they're on something. So just be... I mean, you'll feel it. You'll know who you should talk to and who you shouldn't. Because sometimes you get someone like me that's in there. And like I tell you, folks, I can't stay quiet for too long. I got to start conversing with somebody. I'll I'll just somehow break the ice. And a lot of the times other folks like to break the ice. They'll ask you, hey, man, so what you do? Because what else can you ask? You know, we're all in there for a reason. So that's always like a typical icebreaker you know hey man so what'd you do what you in for you know you tell them and they're like oh shit and then you start talking about what y'all did and i never met anybody worse than than uh it was a accessory in a crime but everybody else is in there for the same shit dwi or uh driving under the influence possession you know before this whole child support law change went in there was people in there for child support there's people in there for warrants because they, they basically separate you by the type of crime you did. You know, you're either in green, red, navy, blue, and that's it. If you're in white, if you see people walking out in white, well, that's because they're already going to TDCJ, which is your Texas Department of Correctional Jails or something like that. But, yeah, that's when you're going to the bigger houses. That's different. I ain't never been there, so I can't tell you about the experience there but anyways back to ours over here you know just just remain calm folks always remember because it is it's a head game and i'm not gonna lie when i was in there i was in the longest i had to do in there was about 13 days straight and those 13 days felt like a fucking month but you just gotta stay headstrong folks i mean you did the crime and they're gonna tell you you know you should do, be able to do the time if you did the crime but it gives you time to think. That's what jail does. That, that's what it is. It's punishment. You're supposed to think about what you did and, and try to become a better citizen. So, yes, folks, those are my, my pointers. You know, when you get in there, it's it's a process. Now, if you're going to be there for a while, you get changed out. So they'll call your name out or a few of you out. They line you up. And then they take you into the next room where you get stripped down 
and they do a strip search. It's not as in-depth as when you go to a federal, like you see in, on YouTube and stuff. You see people going in federally and they make them bend over and shit. No, here in county, it's really not that intense because, put it this way, people are going home eventually. Some people are there for a few hours, a few days, or a few weeks. That's county. So you get stripped down, you get your jumpsuit, you're only allowed to keep one pair of underwear and one pair of socks. And that's it. That's all you can keep. So you go into jail with your pair of, of socks that you had on that night, and as you could imagine, some people are in there from partying all night and all that, so they're in there with their stinky chones and stinky underwear, and you gotta hand wash them once you get to your cell block. But anywho, they... they you rinse off, they give you your jumpsuit, and then they give you a roll of toilet paper, a toothbrush, and a bar of soap. And then some some slides you could put on. I call them slides, but they're like slippers. Now they're like slip they're like crocs kinda. No. They used to be like vans with no laces, but now you get like these little croc slippers. So you get that and then you get to the floor you're supposed to be in, and then you get your you get your mattress, they give you sheets for it, and that's it. You get a blanket, some shitty ass thrift store type fucking blanket. Doesn't even really keep you warm sometimes. And that's it, folks. You're in there. The people I was in and out with that I met, they were all pretty cool. They were some most of them were East Siders, like I was. There's a few what guys that were from the west side. There's a few guys that were from the valley, but they were all chill. They were all cool. We were all in there for dumb shit. Some of us were in there for probation violations, where a lot of the times you just do a set amount of time, depending on what you did, of course, and whatever type of probation you broke. That's what happened to me in the end. I ended up doing a couple of days with no bond because the judge was trying to prove a point. But I'm not going to lie, folks, there were a few times where you would feel some type of an anxiety attack coming on because at that point, I don't know how long I was going to stay in there. So you just have to keep it together, folks. You got to stay headstrong. And we all make mistakes. And when you do time for something petty like I did, and well, I mean, it's not petty. It's serious. I really could have, I could have killed somebody or killed myself or worse. You know, who knows what could have caused if, if somebody didn't put an end to it. Because you know what, back to what I was talking about, how I, I said that I was drinking a lot. I was, but I wasn't drinking a lot because I was addicted, or because I was going through something. No, I mean, I was just, I was being an idiot. I would just get blasted every weekend. I would party Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and sometimes even Sunday. You know, five days in a row, just drinking, getting drunk, not giving a fuck. Someone had to teach me my lesson, eventually. But folks, I know some of you, maybe some of you have gone through it, and maybe it's a different experience. But folks, nobody wants to end up in jail. But if you ever do, just just take my advice with a grain of salt, and just be patient. It's like it's like going to detention in, in school. It's just you're not going home. You're staying there. The food gets brought to you. You got to share a shower and a toilet with a bunch of dudes. But I'll tell you what, when I got to the annex, when I did those 13, 14 days that I had to do straight, 
it's just a whole nother environment because I was in a cell block with folks that were already there for a while and were some of them were still going to be there for a while because the annex does house a few folks that have been there for a couple years already I know one of the guys that I met in there he said he had already been in there for seven years that he was they were trying to deport him already he had been like a year it had been a year and a half that they were trying to deport him but no they're gonna hold him here until he's finished and then they're gonna deport him that man probably got out like three years ago no shit but he was already in that same cell block for that amount of time he was there for about seven years so some of these guys and you know at first yeah i'm not gonna lie i was nervous i was kind of I was a little timid because I'd never been in jail. I'd never been to the annex to begin with. But when you when you when you get in there and you just you show respect to people and you there no cuz people think that in there you're just in there with a bunch of crazy dudes and there's you no know, no holds bar everybody just goes at it. No 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 folks, there's structure in there. There is respect, but you always hear the saying respect isn't isn't given. It's it turned. So like I said, I went in the cell block and uh, I got lucky that one of the guys that I was locked up with downtown that got transferred with me, you at least have somebody you could talk to and, and kind of side with a little because it's someone you've been talking to already for a few days and you, you know what, you know, what's going on or whatever, but you just got to give respect. And then there's house rules in there. When you're in the annex, there's already a set of rules there. The saw block I was in, they would call each of the pods, they would call them cantones, which is a slang term for house or home, like chante. There's chante, there's canton, there's, cha there's uh, there was no casa and all that, but these guys, they use slang in there. And they would say that every canton is responsible for cleaning duties for that day so when I was there I got to clean twice because you know, I was there for almost two weeks but that's the way it goes folks you know there's a structure there and the re the one that oh, the one that runs the pot who is in charge or who speaks for the pot you're in is the oldest you respect the elders respecting las canas that's one of the rules you respect the elders they're the ones that decide and call the shots when something happens, like, um, for example, if in the pod you're sleeping in, is their turn to watch the TV? Because you get TV, like, like I say, each house has its day where it controls the TVs. So if we're on cleaning duty, and someone who's not on cleaning duty wants to watch Sunday football... And maybe the guys in our room, they want to watch soccer. Then they would say, okay, well, then you guys clean on Sunday and you guys can watch TV. And that's the way it would work. I mean, it wouldn't happen because most of us were into football. But it was soccer and football when I was there. And that was the thing. So when you get there, folks, it's not like a fucking, it's not a fucking a zoo, okay? There's control there. And especially when you eat. Remember this, folks. When you eat. There's a set of rules too. Nobody eats until everybody's served. 
and then somebody says grace, which usually, it's again, whichever house has cleaning duty, somebody from that house has to say grace. And then we all say amen, and we all go, and then we eat. Nobody eats until we're all served. And sometimes even the guards, since, you know, some of them have already been there for a while, they'll even tell you, all right, guys, provecho, you know, go ahead and eat, enjoy. And then we say our prayer, and then we eat. You know, and I'm just giving you guys an idea. I don't want none of you to end up in jail. I really don't. But in case you do, just like, again, like I say, take my advice with a grain of salt. Okay? But, yeah, folks, I'm... I'm, I'm glad it happened because it's it's made me who I am today and I'm not perfect and I'm never going to be perfect but it really has changed my outlook on a lot of things and it also it, this gives me an opportunity to let some of my, my close friends that I haven't seen lately or haven't seen much or I don't see them constantly to come clean because I know for a while some of you all take it personally and even some of my family members Y'all always say, you know, why don't we hang out as much anymore? Or, you know, how come you don't go out as much? Well, folks, I know for some of you, you have also gone through the same, getting in trouble for DWIs or possession charges or whatever the case may be. But it's caught up to us, folks, and I just, I just don't have time for that. And I don't want to let my family down again and some of my friends because that's what happens. When you're someone like me, you know, a lot is expected out of you. And I know I'm a good human being. I know my sometimes the things I say make y'all wonder or whatever. But it's made me who I am now and, and it's changed me. Honestly, I don't even drink like I used to. Which I know sounds contradicting because I see you guys out and about sometimes and we're slamming some down. But folks, I don't get like I used to. I can't go all night anymore. Usually, after four regular-sized beers, I'm already getting that gut pain where it, you don't know if it's the shits or you just got gas or or what the fuck. But yeah, you start getting all nauseous and shit. Like, I just can't hang anymore. And there's other things to worry about. You know, my boy's already 11. He's going to be 12 this year. And then my girlfriend's son, you know, he's 8. But, you know, he's also part of my life now because... You know, we all live together. Well, my son doesn't live with us, but I live with Candice, and, and that's my girlfriend, in case y'all didn't know. But my girlfriend Candice and her son, you know, we all live in the same apartment. So I've grown to love that kid. Like, if he were mine, and I know maybe some dads don't, don't um, wouldn't want to hear me say that in general. Nobody wants to hear another man or another woman say that they love somebody else's kid. But you know what, folks? That's the way it is now. You know, it's not the kid's fault that it didn't work out between the other parent. You know, these, these kids are here, and they're a blessing. And I feel really blessed to have met a young lady with kind of the same ideology that I have. But it, it's it's a wonderful thing, and, and this lesson that I learned was very valuable. I won't make the story longer, but I thought I had been done with my bullshit when I got caught the first time, but... Down the road, I got caught again because I got cocky and it came into my, it well, it got to my head. But after that, that was when shit hit the fan and 
that's when I spent more time in jail and I was in and out all the time and my family was really, really hard on me and, and you know, they, they didn't skip a beat to, to let me know I was fucking up and that shit needed to change. I think I was on the brink of, of getting, well, not banned, because we're all family and, and my family is real close, but, you know, I was one of the ones that nobody expected to have those problems and I did. But again, and I and I said it already, but I'll say it again. I'm, I'm glad it happened. I wasn't spiraling out of control, but I was pretty much getting there. You know, I was I caught I caught light of what I was doing, and fortunately for me, it was it was at that time. And well, I'm just glad it's behind me now. Would I go through it again? Nope, I wouldn't. Knowing what I know now, if I went back in time, yeah, I I definitely would avoid that 110%. But sometimes it has some things happen for a reason. And that's the reason why I think all those things happen. You know, I'm not very religious, like I tell you folks, and this ain't going to be a religious podcast, but I, I do believe in something. I have my belief. And that showed true because I feel that was a, a blessing in disguise. Because I feel that if that would have never happened... Who knows? Maybe I'd still be behind bars right now or or in a casket somewhere six feet under. So you have to take everything that happens in life and just think about it. And that's my story. That's my experience. You know, I don't want some of y'all to to take it as uh, as me saying that's how it is for you and that's how it's going to be. No, no, no. Just giving you my two cents in case you ever find yourself in a situation like that. And if you're going through something right now, folks, just speak up. Say something. No one's going to judge you. I used to feel the same way, but there's nothing wrong with admitting you have a problem. You know, I had a drinking problem. You know, and I, I never wanted to accept it, but it was brought to the light, not just by the judge, by the law or my family, but by me. I, I realized, shit, you know, my problem is I drink heavily, and then you start not giving a fuck, and that's when you get in trouble. That's why I have a saying now, and I didn't, well, I came up with it, but if somebody else had it or whatever, I'm sorry. But I was saying to myself, and I always say it sometimes, I say, if you're having too much fucking fun, you're probably going to end up in jail. Because the times I got caught, I was having a great time. I was with the people that matter most which were my family members and our close friends. There's a lot of us. And some people might think, well, what kind of friend lets a friend drive drunk? Look, sometimes, folks, it's not the friends that let you drive drunk. I know my cousin chased me out because I took off. And he's like, where the hell are you going? Stay. And I left. I was like, nope, I'm leaving. I got to go. I got to go to work tomorrow. I'll be fine. And guess what? I never made it home. I was already getting booked downtown, waiting for my phone call. So, folks, don't always blame the people around the person that got busted. Sometimes it's us. It's It was me. We make a poor decision thinking we're, we're fine. And no, because you do always hear that. You hear why, why would somebody let this dude or this chick drive and get drunk behind the wheel? Or sorry, drink and get behind the wheel drunk 
Sometimes you just can't stop people. Now, I'm the type where if I see somebody, and it's happened already. I've had this luck the last couple of years where I'm the one now calling the cops on people. or and It's not because I'm being a dick. It's just, it's dangerous. It's happened twice. It happened in front of my mom's house when I was still living there. And then a few weeks, actually, no, I'm lying, a few months ago, there was this dude passed out. During the day, it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And this guy was stone cold out. Like, he was just out cold at the stoplight with his foot on his brake. Everybody was honking at him. He wouldn't move. Me and some other gentlemen got out of the car, our vehicles, and we went to check. And this guy had a freaking tall boy in a brown bag in between his legs. His doors were locked. We know we tried to, we, yeah, we had to call the cops already. Unfortunately, though, the guy took off. When the cops got there, he was gone. And that's what's dangerous, because who knows if that man even made it to where he was supposed to go or wherever. So sometimes, folks, you just, it's, you got to do it. You got to bring it to the light. If you have a problem, you see someone doing wrong, they might take it the wrong way, but just let them know. Hey, I care. You know, you got to be careful. You got to think about what you're doing. And I'm not saying y'all can't drink or smoke or whatever the hell. But folks, there's, there's a time and a place for it. If you've had too much to drink, call an Uber. An Uber or Lyft or whatever. Taxis are still around. Heck, I've been dropped off at my mom before. My, I think I was like 27 or 28. Told my mom, hey, can you drop me off at Whiskey Dicks? Sure. Because right there I eliminated one problem. I don't have a vehicle. So if I walk out of Whiskey Dicks drunk off my ass... Guess what? It's okay. The worst I'm going to get busted now for is, is public intoxication. But you know what? Knowing what I know now, I would rather get caught for that than behind the wheel. So don't be ashamed, folks. Look, we all like to drink, and sometimes we get a little carried away. Lately, since I haven't drank much like I used to, when I try to unintentionally... Because sometimes they go down good. I'm not going to lie. And they go down too good and you enjoy it too much. But I overdid it one Halloween not too long ago. And ugh, even thinking about it now is making me want to hurl a little bit. Had a, had a big lunch. But anywho. Folks, just enjoy yourselves. Just, just be smart about it. And I know my friends and family now were a little more aware of it. And we're a little more understanding about it. That's why when we all go out, sometimes you good, man. You sure? Don't drive. And, yeah, I've seen it where somebody will leave their car there and need a ride in the morning. Go pick up their car. And some of us, eh, we'll complain. We'll be like, oh, man, are you serious? I got to take it and go get your car. But at the end of the day, hey, guess what? Your friend made it safe last night. You made sure that he was fine in the morning. You took him back to get his car, and guess what? We're all good still, providing, working, enjoying life. Instead of something tragic or being thrown in the slammer. Life's too short, folks. And yes, we got to enjoy it. But don't rush your line to heaven because we're only down here for, we're only down here for only one shot. Once in a lifetime. After that, who knows? But you know what? I guess 
I guess that's just a, a, a reality in life, though. Something we all got to just go through and experience. Sometimes the outcomes aren't our way, and sometimes they're a lot worse. But if you stick through it, you know, if you stick to it and you get through it, then at the end of the day you realize that it all happened for a reason, and you're better off now than you were. Every day is a blessing, folks. All right, well, anyways, kind of running out of time here, folks. Went off a little random there, but you know what? I'm glad. Give you guys a little insight on me. Give you a little insight on my sports capades that are coming up. Sports capades, making up fucking words now. But anyways, it was good talking to y'all. I like that I got a little personal. I feel as if that was probably something I should have talked about. Because, hey, if this podcast goes nationwide or something... Then when someone tries to, when someone in this outrage culture tries to dig up something old, I'll be like, "Heh, everybody knows about that. Everybody knows I was a junk ass before. It's okay, because <laughs> that's what it's like, folks. That's what it's like with these fucking outrage fuckers." But anywho, folks, I thank you once again, and I promise you, I'm not gonna take almost a month to put another podcast out. Okay, I actually got the other one in the works already got a new segment i want to try with my girlfriend soon to be fiance here no it's not a secret hey i'm gonna put a ring on it it's just uh, a man's gotta do some things before that happens and well once one major thing takes place i'm pretty sure y'all will hear the good news but don't hold your breath and it ain't gonna be for the next couple months yes i know some of you were like months hey hey i gotta be ready i know she's ready I'm 90% ready. Things got to fall in place, folks, and we can't force them to. Okay? But anywho, promise you I'll be back again. Going to cut it short. Going to cut that long wait short. I'm not going to make you all wait almost a month. Because I know it's torture. And, well, balancing life and podcasts, well, it's not that easy. I thought it was. Well, I'm lying. I didn't think it was. I knew this would be some type of challenge. And that's the challenge, just finding the time to do it. But you know what, folks? I enjoy it. I hope I didn't get too sappy. Hope I didn't get too real. Hope I didn't sound like shit either because I'm done with the editing, folks. I just want to put these podcasts out and make them raw and real. So if you heard me burp or something, I'm sorry. I can't go back and review just yet. But anyways, folks, as I always say, keep doing what you're doing. Stay on the grind. We're all in the struggle together. And may you have... A good rest of your day. I don't know if it's uh, if it's morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it may be. Hope it's been a good one for you all. If you're at work, keep your heads up. Maybe you're almost out and get to get back home with your family. And for the rest of you that are out there, just uh, enjoy yourselves. Don't walk on eggshells too much. Be yourself. Let people know you're annoyed by their woke and all that stuff. Their wokeness. But anywho, stay true, folks, and I'll be back with y'all once again. Thank you.